Welcome to Algoid Work Robotics Radio. This is a space for technology um, as we look at education in particular and how technology can transform um, education. My name is Langazulu, part of the Algoid Work Nonprofit Company. Um, so if you don't know what Algoid Work Nonprofit Nonprofit Company is all about, it's um, an organization that is about social development and also looking at sustainability within our communities um, one of the projects um, one of the big operations that we're currently running is the robotics academy algorithmic robotics academy right at the richards bay industrial development zone techno hub where we teach coding and robotics to school children every week um, for this episode i'm gonna be hanging out with um the co-founder um, of Algoid Work, um, just to look at how technology and how digital transformation can transform um, the education curriculum in South Africa. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Tsecha. Thank you very much. Um, it's great. It's great to be here. Awesome. Um, so obviously, we there's a lot of talk these days um, around technology, around around digital platforms, and what they can do for companies, what they can do, what they can do for the economy, uh, what they can do for government. But I, I just want us to focus on the the education, which is a big focus and obsession at at Algo. Um, we we understand. I think the curriculum itself and where it is. Uh, and then how rigid it has been um, how you know I, I think there has been some changes that have been implemented locally um, be it um, OBE um, there was what uh, curriculum 2005 there was what caps so there's, there's, so I think it would be untrue to say that there hasn't been changes there have there have been changes but just if we just gonna just first look at uh, the overview um what have we been missing um i i remember very well um one time listening to um one minister it was a minister of education i think i was in high school or, or somewhere there um i think at the time it was Nadi panda and what she said was um changing curriculum across school years is like changing a wheel a car's wheel while the car is speeding on a highway mm. um, that's how she explained it and having been um in in, in 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 the curriculum space having been in the technology space um uh, education space let me say that i actually now understand what she meant it is indeed like changing a wheel of a car while it's speeding down the road now okay when you are about to do that or when you want to change uh do such changes you need to have a, a long-term goal that is it cannot be five years cycles it needs to be um you know we are we are in an age where things need to be very flexible that is they need to be a way to change things that are not working as fast as possible uh, that is the first thing. The second thing is they need to be decentralized. Um, education in KwaZulu-Natal should not necessarily be the same as education in Limpopo. They can be similar, but you need to have new tracking methods to say how do we properly track 
uh, education that is uh, uncentralized? How do we make sure that the quality stay the same while also bearing in mind the dynamics of different places? Um, finally, you need to have the right people. I think that is right at the top of the list. People who are passionate about education, people who are passionate about developing uh, solutions, people who want to work on empowering the future. So I think that is where the government has been losing the most mm. to say it is not flexible, uh, they are too centralized, and then we might not be having the right, the people, right people in positions. So I think on regard, regards to people, of course, I've got, um, I mean, uh, some opinions on that. And because um, I... I think one of the things that we've been looking at, actually, I mean, having been in the space of technology for for the past five plus years, is obviously we don't have the right people. So, but the question is, which we all know, I mean, parents push their kids towards education, go to bachelor's of education so that you can get a job. I think pretty much a large population of teachers today, um, uh, that is the quality that we have, people who are just content. Um, with the paycheck, and I think that's part of the problem. But the question is, how do we change that? Um, uh, how do we um, instill a culture and an attitude within the next generation to say, hang on, wait a minute, education goes beyond just collecting a paycheck? Um, there, there can be two uh, different... Uh, a, a focal point of the of the change it can be either be from uh, the private sector which i don't think the people and the government would like and that is actually what we are seeing that the change that is now coming about is from the private sector and if change comes from a uh, private sector yes it's innovative yes it's faster but it is painful because it regards uh profits more than people or they can be changed from the government to say let us look at a totally new system of or let us look at testing totally new systems it can be multiple systems of um the new education um the people who we have now how do we either upskill them how do we test their passion how do we ensure that if they are not meant for this job we get rid of them which mm -hmm. by the way is the next failure by government to say we know that government doesn't necessarily fire people mm. you know so if you cannot fire people then you don't have an incentive for people to work hard mm. i think um so that is i think the first place where the government needs to look at um i'm gonna show just show an example so we have uh facebook as an app on our phones and you know that across the country we have or across the world we have more than ten thousand versions of facebook uh, playing at different um, cell phones at a time. Mm -hmm. So what that means is we can have that also for education. We can have not necessarily 10,000, but a lot of different versions of education learning at the same time and picking parts that work perfectly and using them or putting them into education. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a place to start. A place to start is, is there to say how or how do we ensure that we get 
the right people. Yes. What do we do to ensure that people who are not correct are get are, are, are got rid of? Yes. And then how do we test like yeah. again? So be, before we get onto the into the the systems, I'm um, still on the people aspect. Um, so the question that I want to ask you is: Do you think that because you touched on the issue of a decentralized education, which we're going to get into um, in a minute or two, do you think that it is part of also the problem of um, that confines teachers because they are in environments and they can't connect with the curriculum or the content of education in their respective environments? Perhaps it is. Um, I think. Uh, I think if we are to blame government and not the teacher on one thing, is does government give teachers enough uh, enough line to do their work uh, by being able to get out of the way a little bit, you know? Or does it say no? We want it this way. Mm. It's either this way or they don't have room for, for for them to have inputs and innovation. Mm. You know, inputs and innovation. So, I think that is where it first started to say, um, do teachers actually also have enough room to test new ideas uh, until where you know? Um, and if we get that right, also we'll be able to get the people's thing mm. right. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, so moving on to now the, the issue of um, the decentralized um, uh, decentralization um, of education, which is I think is something um, that also speaks to the culture of government itself, um, because also that's a structure of government. This, this government is a structure, um, you know, um, open, you know, to to that. Let alone the the, edu the education department. But anyway, so how would it work? out because um, we are sitting we're hearing of this big way decentralized education what what does decentralized education mean first and foremost um when we are talking about decentralization of education what we mean is um first of all uh, provinces should be able to take certain decisions without the influence of national government right Districts should be able to take certain amount of decisions without the influence of the province. Mm -hmm. And teachers at certain schools should be able to take certain decisions without influence of um, either government or district, district or mm. whoever. Now, then you are talking. Um, let's talk about this lockdown which we are facing right now between the 21st and uh, 16th. It might be smaller, it might be longer. Right now, teachers should be having leeway to say what are the best methods we can use or i can use as a teacher to reach my students and make sure that they are up to par right that's the first uh, uh, thing when we're looking at this topic that should be happening without waiting for government because if government was to say oh right now government is saying uh, listen to sabc radio and get uh, curriculum and get help or uh, get get taught this and this and this subject at whatever the time um, every day and then um, you'll learn from them so i'm listening to radio but what if i can't listen to radio at home you know uh, what if there is no radio possibly at home okay go to television let's watch television um what they say we, they, they, the, the learners must watch is on dstv 
what about if i don't have dstv you get what i mean some uh, a government might say use vodacom there is the option of using vodacom for online studies what about if i don't have internet i don't have a computer i don't have a phone so it is all those things that are stumbling blocks but if i am a teacher at a school i know where where the problems might be i know the dynamics of that school they are most probably similar then if it means that we i have to sterilize papers and drop them gate by gate and they know that at two o'clock they are collecting papers uh, for to learn then that works right if i have to develop an whatsapp group then i can and the school therefore can be also be able to help to say do these kids have enough data um, if not, what are the methods which we can get them data and make sure that they use it for what they're supposed to use it? Let's say um, a teacher says, I'm going to open a WhatsApp group and we notice that there's five learners in this class that do not have um, cell phones. We can get them uh, 400 rand cell phones on a school budget because we know that they are there as a school. And then internet how do we get this learners internet and ensure that they use it for what they are supposed to use it for you get them sim cards you get them internet for whatsapp whatsapp internet and you know that they have all necessary tools to learn but that is local it is a localized point of decisions i believe that at this time the government should have went like they went with all the departments where they're like what is the plan department one department two what's the plan they should have also said to schools schools what, is what are your plans hmm. teacher of a subject one teacher of a subject two what teacher what is your plan and if a teacher of subject one say internet do all the learners in your class afford internet so that should have been it should it should be solution centralized to say everyone who is a leader, no matter the type of a leader, at this point should be leading in some sense. They should be having a plan, especially in education. Every teacher should be having a plan for their learners. And the learners, we've, we've had enough time to think and we've seen how other countries have gotten to, to these terrible positions. A plan could have been devised by in every school and every class or every teacher to ensure that all the learners get the material they're supposed to get and they are taught. So we just need to be a little bit more proactive. Yes, it means a little bit more work, but unless you took the education career for paycheck, which if you did and you don't want to devise a solution at this time, you should be fired by the government without a question, then you should be proactive. You really need to be proactive and you need to look at the dynamics of your school and you need to provide solutions. That's what leadership is. And at this time, learners are looking up to their teachers, to their parents for solutions. Awesome. So it, it means we need decisive leadership from pretty much a lot more people than just the president. Um, great one. Um, so as we wrap up, um, Zaha, um, you touch on the issue of the speed of change, um, which I think, as we know, um, our government isn't, um, um, what can I say, um, isn't inclined, flexible. isn't flexible, um, you know, to change and fast. 
what can be done um, to ensure that um, here's a plan we have for the next 20 years, we said we should have a long term view um, of things next 10 years. But how do we implement change and fast? Um, when I was when I was watching, um, I was watching interview of uh, Bill Gates. Every a lot of people watched that interview, and he was talking about medicine, the changes that are required in medicine to ensure that the next pandemic. Uh, uh, you, you mean the TED talk? Yeah, the TED talk. Mm-hmm. The next uh, pandemic that happens, uh, we make sure that to make sure that governments are ready. And what he said there is, we need doctors to be paired with military. So with that, what I got was actually in a lot of um, different um, 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 different knowledges, that is a lot of people, a lot of leaders in different places, education, uh, be it medicine, be it engineering, we now need a military kind of thinking where we know that we don't know what's going to happen next week, but we have a plan. We should always have a plan for a lockdown. We should have always have a, lo- a plan for what happens if um, there's military takeover. We should have plans uh, for all this possible. And these plans should constantly be tested uh, to the point whereby every year from now on, we should have uh Unannounced lockdown. The president should just come and be like, "Um, from the next three days, we are having a lockdown." Mm-hmm. And then teachers need to have a plan. Um, engineers need to have a plan. Um, electricity escom needs to have a plan. Um, um, be it um, cell phone networks, they need to have a plan. Water departments, um, so on and so forth. We all need to have a plan of what happens if we go on a lockdown. You know what happens if we are in a difficult position and that will allow us to respond to things faster we should become militarized in in in, in some sense that is our thinking should be militarized and that is what tech basically also is it is a military kind of a situation where every decision needs to be taken fast or else you are taken out um, that is why we see companies moving so fast like they move at a speed of sound because they know that if I don't move fast enough, then I am taken down. So that is what I think government should do. Um, that is what each department should do from now. When we say, well, when the president come and announce and say we are under a pandemic, they should that should automatically have a meaning to everyone who is working across the country. They should know the steps that they need to follow from there on. That is what I think we need to do. That this is the Alcott Work Robotics Radio. Um, until next time, thank you so much, Mr. Zecha. And do subscribe to our channels um, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, whatever platform that you use um, for your podcast. And also do check out our blog as well. Um, so do visit our website on Alcott at Work dot org dot za until next time peace and love